around the Status Mexican Podcast. You, man. Welcome to the uh, the outdoor studio, the Treehouse Chronicles. This is much better than the uh, the dungeon, the, yeah. the COVID dungeon, bro. Yeah, this is bro, I'm better. surprised none of us got fucking the Rona while we were down there, man. Not yet. What fuck you mean? Not yet. I'm I not mean, going. I'm not going back in there. I'm just saying, like, you. Can't. I'm not going back in there. Okay. Not for now, at least. But it, it it was touch and go for a bit. I mean, for me especially, it's like close quarters with a lot of people. To the point where I was like, okay, you know what, guys? I'm going to fucking put a timeout on this. I'm going to update our our, uh, our equipment and just take it outdoors. The equipment is really nice. You like it? It's really nice. I'm quite jealous. The quality of the content remains lackluster, but the actual sound of it, it sounds it sounds pretty cool when I'm actually listening to it now. And um, I'm happy with it, bro. I'm fucking what, happy with it. What episode number are you at? It's like 50, 100? O- overall with Emo Brown? Yeah. 130 or some shit, bro. Are you feeling like, what have you learned? Are you feeling confident? I feel comfortable. Do you, do you still cringe at the sound of your own voice? Ah, fuck it. I never listen to our episodes. I just listen to it when I'm doing the final mix. I just put it through and that's it. I never listen to them. Do you still cringe at the sound of your own voice? My voice is fucking awesome. What are you talking about? I'm listen to it. Asking. Golden, bro. Golden. Top three uh, podcasts in San Diego. Wow. <laughs> wow. What's the top and, three if you're in it? I don't know. Um, Voice of San Diego won. They won first place. And I think we were like second. And then there was another one third. But I don't know, bro. Fucking who votes for those things? Number one Mexican podcast though, right? Oh, for sure, Voice man. San Diego's I know my people, my, my Mexican people, we don't vote for shit. So yeah. I doubt any Mexicans vote. I, I bet you people saw the name Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican. And they were like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'm gonna vote for this. And then like check the box. Nice. I helped the Mexican today. Hell yeah. <laughs> what up with you, bro? How you been? I'm good. I'm oddly tired, but I'm good. I have no reason to be tired except like for some reason, Christmas break, New Year's break, like just holidays, bro. All those breaks. It's just it it because it just it changes your schedule and it just wears on me. And so I'm, I'm excited to be out of it back into something where I can like build a daily routine again. Ladies and gentlemen, we are with John Gennaro, the podfather, all things podcasts. Anytime I have a question, anytime I have a concern or anything, an inquiry, I go to this guy. He he leads me in the presumed right direction to the up to today. It's been it's been good. Thank you. Thank you for all your insight. Don't talk me up too much. The last time I came on, you talked me up so much and then two days later I lost my job. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, bro. I know the I know the right strings to pull. <laughs> Apparently. Don't get me fired. Give me a job this time. So you've been working hardcore on not working, but on your podcast that's currently up that make the potteries great again. How's that fucking going, bro? How long have you guys been doing that? How many episodes are you guys in? I have no idea. Like we Do you guys do episodes or seasons? Like how do you break it down? It's more seasons. Um, I'd love to know the number of episodes, but like at some point I did something where like I lost like 50 of them. So, but we do them weekly, basically throughout the season. So let's say like we're doing 30, 35 a year uh-huh. um, and we've been doing it for six years. So I don't know. That's this is 180, somewhere around 200. That's probably. crazy, bro. This wouldn't surprise me if we're that's around crazy. there. Yeah. I've listened to the majority of them. I've listened to at least 150 of them. And it's funny for people who listen to this. 
our podcast, just know that anytime you need a Padre podcast, Make the Padres Great Again is your podcast of choice. They give you the unadulterated, unbiased view of fucking Craig Elson, John Gennaro. Dude, you guys are fucking negative as shit too, man. Anytime I listen to you, sometimes I just got to turn it off and be like, what the fuck? I'm not having this. No, my team is good. I'm like, I don't care what you guys say, but you've seen more positive of late the last the last few uh games of the season led to a few uh before playoffs you guys were positive i was like all right fuck yeah these guys are good until the pitchers went down it's really hard to cover a team and stay positive about them the whole time like especially with the name like make the Padres great again well yes <laughs> but i i don't understand why like when i when i used to run bolts and the blue and i covered the chargers I got into a place where like, even when they did something good, I was waiting for the bad to come or they did something good. And I'd, I would think that they did it in spite of themselves. Do you change something? All of a sudden I sound better. Nothing, um, bro. I think you cleared your voice. Maybe. Uh, and same thing has happened with make the Padres great again. And, and uh, me and the Padres and Craig, like when you talk about a team this often, it's really easy to fall into like, this is a mistake. This is dumb. They screwed this up. And to point out all the mistakes because all the good stuff is easy to like, there's, that's not a deep conversation. Like Fernando Tetis Jr. is good. Yeah. That's the conversation. <laughs> Game set and match. But like how they screwed up the Brad hand trade is like a thing that you can dig deep into. So you just end up talking about the negative so much more than the positive that you end up being negative about the team. And I realized this uh, in the last... I don't know, year or so that like I got really negative about the Chargers and then I got really negative about the Padres. Are that you was, still a Charger fan? No. What, what what was the final straw for you? <sighs> Honestly, like it's going to sound really dumb, but uh, they moved to LA and everyone was like, are you still going to be a Charger fan? Are you still going to be a Charger fan? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, it's, being a Charger fan is such an emotional thing for me that I can't like decide to be or not be a Charger fan. I need to see how it feels. And so the first year they were in LA, I uh, I decided I was going to watch Charger games and I was going to watch Rams games. Like yeah. every Charger game, every Ram game. Because I was still covering the team for Bolts in the Blue. And I was like, I'm also going to uh, watch Rams games and I'm going to see how both of these feel. And my wife was the first one to comment on it. It was like three weeks into the season. And she was like, when the Chargers used to lose, you'd, you'd be in a bad mood. And when they would win, you'd be in a good mood. She's like, now it doesn't affect you. And I was like, yeah, I just don't, I don't feel that closeness with the team anymore. I lost a lot of emotional baggage when I stopped following them. And, and she noticed that I was like actually really enjoying the Rams. I think that was the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, and I was really enjoying watching the Rams. Actually, maybe the year before they went to the Super Bowl. I was really enjoying watching the Rams. Um, and at the end of the year, I was like, all right, I don't think I'm a Charger fan anymore. I was like, am I a Rams fan? So I did that for a little while and I realized like I was missing out on the rest of the NFL because uh, my wife is a Cowboys fan. So I'd have to watch Cowboys games, which are, you know, usually early. And then the afternoon I'd have to watch the Rams game and then I wouldn't want to watch three games. So I'd be done with the NFL and then everyone's like, oh, did you see what happened in the Colts game? Did you see what happened in the Chiefs game? Did you see what happened here? What happened there? I was like, no, I watched my two games and I was done. So then I decided if I just root for the Cowboys... Uh, then I can have half of Sunday to catch up on everything else that's going on in the NFL. I can watch red zone for half of my Sunday. And then sometimes I even want to watch the Sunday night football game too. Um, Are you a gambler? 
certain parts of my life, I've gambled on sports or blackjack yeah. or occasionally poker, but not a big gambler. That's the only thing that drives me to watch football anymore. I mean, whether it's college You were or, a Chargers fan. Yeah, I, okay. I was a hardcore Chargers fan, you know, I, up until Philip Rivers even still still a Charger fan until he left. That was For me, that was the, the last lineage. I was like, all right, cool. Philip Rivers is gone. What really do I have attached to the Chargers? I'm not a, you know? Right. So... This was the first legit season where I could say I'd watched less than 10 minutes combined of all football. I didn't miss it at all, bro. I didn't gamble on football. I didn't do anything. I started gambling on on uh, on English Premier Soccer, you know, basketball. I don't know enough about soccer to gamble on it. I only want to gamble on sports I feel confident in. I mean, soccer's pretty fucking... It's black and white, you know? I mean, there's there's powerhouses and then there's not powerhouses. There's, <laughs> yeah, well, yes, you can, you can bet on those. It's just like, if there's... Being a soccer fan for me or a footy fan or whatever is has been so interesting because it's taken me back to like the beginning parts of being a sports fan. And it's like, I don't remember what it was like to become a baseball fan when I didn't know everything about baseball or what it was like to become a football fan before I knew everything about football. And so it's fun to like watch these soccer games, but like people will start being like, oh, this team runs like a, a four three four, mm. and uh, that that makes them a terrible matchup for this other team who has speedy midfielders. And I'm like, I don't know what any of that just meant. Like attacking wingers, like, defensive wingers. Like I, I I get it. Like I know what an attacking winger is. I know what a, a defensive winger is. I know what like a, what the formation means. Like I know numbers. Okay, there's going to be two strikers and three people. The in ten. The here's the nine. Right. I get that but I don't get how the pieces fit. Like, I don't understand why one is a bad fit for one team and a good fit for the other, except for personnel or how it's a bad fit to go against another team that runs this. Like, I I haven't figured out the real deep analytical part of soccer yet, but I want to. Man, just listen to podcasts. That's all you got to do. Watch a lot of EPL. Like I I follow a team, Manchester United. That's my squad for like the last 40 years. Um, We're attacking, you know? And we changed... uh, managers and, and their attack style changes, you know? So then you, you as a fan, you, you understand what works and what doesn't. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing, bro? This isn't going to work. Like you got you have to keep attacking. Style is everything, man. European style as it relates to MLS, as it relates to Mexican soccer, all those styles of football are completely different from each other. Mexican right. football is like the touch, the pass, the build, the build. They want to dribble all the way into the box and eventually shoot. MLS is just like fucking AY. So, Every, all, everyone's just running around and trying to figure it out. It's a lot of like deep, long passes from one end of the fucking field to the other end. And if it lands in Josie's leg and he could put it away, hell yeah. If not, they do it all over again. EPL, bro, is athletic. These guys are fucking 6'5", right. 6'3", 6'5", 180 to 215 pounds of hardcore football, rugby style, body style dudes running up and down the pitch. It's, hard, it's hard for somebody like from the MLS, from Mexican league, from all the other leagues to jump over. That's the pinnacle league. That's the league you want to be in. That's where the showcase is, you know? Right. That's why, like, I watch Tottenham almost every week. You're, and you're such a fucking guy. Look at you. I'm a Hotspur fan. Oh. I know. But the, the funny thing about Tottenham to me is that um, I don't understand Harry Kane. Mm. He doesn't look athletic. Right place, right time. He's a, he's a, he, he would describe him as a route runner. He knows his routes. He'll, he'll, he's the Keenan Allen of fucking English Premier League. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the tallest. He knows where to be and when to be there. But like it's everyone else on the field mm-hmm. looks incredibly athletic. <laughs> yeah. They're fast. They can uh, they can just like stop on a dime and turn. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he can do any of that. 
They are yet, all put in place to make him shine. But he's yeah, he scores so yeah, much. That's like, why he's there. But he looks like like Peyton Manning would play quarterback and you're like, that guy's not athletic. He just has a really good arm and he's yeah. really smart. Yeah. And like Harry Kane looks like Peyton Manning trying to play soccer. Yep. And somehow it That's works. It's a great call. And this is why, like, I've I've fallen in love with uh, Sonny, Henming Son, because it he makes sense to me. He's really fast. His dribbling is amazing. Like, everything is on point. Like, it doesn't, I guess, to your point, like, everything around him doesn't need to be perfect nope. for it to work, but it kind of does with Kane. But with it also with works. With Kane, bro, if some aspect of somebody else's game is missing, he's not going to be in his role. He's a chicharrito. Chicharrito's the same way, bro. He, chicharrito is a poacher. He's a cherry picker. He hangs out in the box until somebody feeds him. And when somebody feeds him, that's where he's going to score. And that's where he makes his money. That's how he gets his sponsorships and all of these things, accolades. That's Harry Kane, bro. Just on a didn't. <laughs> I used to call Kane like a like a rebound specialist, yeah. which is more of like an NBA thing. Yeah, for sure. But he just hangs around the goal. And like, if the keeper doesn't catch it, like it bounces off something, he's right there. Oh, just poof. Finishes it off. It in. You need those guys. Apparently. You need those guys. He's really good. Like, I'm not trying to say he's not really good. He's really good. It just doesn't make sense in my brain. And I think part of that is like, I don't have the historical knowledge to be like, oh, Chicharito is the same way. Well, let me like, just it, tell you one thing, bro. Manchester United is back at top of the table. All right. We have a game in hand. We're tied for the points lead. It's about to go down. Liverpool, we play them in two weeks. It's about to get crazy. You're going to see a lot of closet uh, United fans finally come out and start wearing their fucking gear after like five seasons. Oh, I was uh, on the Tottenham side. I was I was one of those guys that like they they fired Pochettino, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm done. No mas. And then they hired Josie, and I'm like, I'm even more done. I'm super done. Dude. Like not picking another team done, but like done for a while. And then like the last six months, I'm like, Fuck. all right, I'm starting to see. And now I'm like, it's like you know they're they're kicking off, and I'm just like in my jersey, like the special one, like yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely like, I, I threw the stuff in the closet for a while and now I'm back. Football's awesome, bro. I mean, that's, that's my, my love. Uh, I grew up playing soccer, you know, and I have kids now and I buy them jerseys and, and they're all about Manchester United, but I, I love baseball. Yeah. Baseball is my religion. You know, I, I love, I love footy. Footy's my shit. That's the one thing I could never live without. But as it relates to religion, if I'm spiritual about anything, it's my fucking Padres, bro. One. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to bring you on again. Why are you fumbling with the mic? Did you break it? What'd you do? No, I just, I sound different in my ears than yours. Do I sound different to you? You sound amazing. Okay. You sound like a fucking red-blooded Republican I just, I just who just voted. You sound me. like you voted for Trump. Maybe it's because I turned my headphones down. You sound like you voted for Trump and you, and you rushed the Capitol and you're inside right now. You're taking pictures in Pelosi's chair. Is that you? Was that you? I saw I, you on CNN. I do sound like <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Fuck, that's crazy, bro. Before we get into baseball and get lost, it's a shitstorm going on in the world well not in the world but in our country right now i heard a right now i heard a, a stat let's fake this a sports conversation i heard a stat go ahead right before i left the house to come here uh the historical chair of the capital said the last time the capital had been breached by protesters mm -hmm. was 1814 mm -hmm. By the British as yep. a part of the War of eighteen. Think about that shit, bro. It's been 200 plus years. Think about years. that shit. And the guy who sat down looks like a clown, like an asshat. Like, what are you guys doing? And so this is what's crazy, right? So, because um, I, I said, I do sound like a person who would vote for Trump, right? <laughs> I always bust your balls about that. No, like, no, no, I always feel like you get buttered when I tell you. No, but it's, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. It's, it's legit. And I agree with you because most people in San Diego that are white, especially white males. You're white? Yes. And a male? Fuck. Yep. 
uh, were either born and raised here, yep. which means that they grew up in like Poway, conservative or Del Mar, yeah. or North County somewhere, um, or East County, or just somewhere where like you get Trump voters from, right? Uh, or um, you were rich enough, wealthy enough to move here, which still puts you in the demographic of like a person that would vote for Trump. And like, yes, my parents were lucky enough. My dad was lucky enough that his job relocated to San Diego in 1998. And we moved to North Park when North Park was a shithole. Um, but before that, I was 13 when we moved here. So all of my development... Where did you move from? Uh, a little suburb of Trenton, New Jersey called Hamilton Square. And ha like Trenton and the Trenton area is like, it's very black and it's very Jewish. Were you a big Midtown fan? Actually, yes. I knew it. I love uh. Midtown. Um, and a couple other Jersey bands that I'm super into that I'm not... Less than Jake? Less than Jake, For yes. sure. What else is from Jersey? All those clowns from Jersey. I mean... Bouncing my, Souls? Tell me you're a Bouncing Souls fan. I love course. it forever. All yeah. right, cool. Um, Highsbury Park? Yeah, what's the uh, Streetlight Manifesto? Um, Catch-22, I don't know if that's... Damn, we just took this conversation in 1998 yeah, to 2005. Yeah, let's... Awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... People look at me and they're like, white guy in San Diego, either you were rich and you moved here or your family grew up in somewhere that would vote for Trump. But it's like, no, I grew up, my elementary school, my middle school, I was the minority. Like white people were the minority. There was much more black than, than white. And most of the white was Jewish. And so I feel more comfortable around black people, minorities, than I do white people a lot of the time, which is very different for white males from San Diego. Um, so... I'm I'm always apparent that I look like something in San Diego that I may not necessarily be. You're a compa now because you ride bikes with us every Sunday and we do it here. We meet up in Chula Vista and it's like, there's not a lot of white dudes down here, bro. <laughs> there's a, there, I lie. There's a lot of white dudes, but there's not a lot of like younger white dudes. They're moving in now. Yeah. If it's, it, it's, that is very true. I live here in like the heart of downtown Chula Vista and it's like. My buddy Rob just moved down here with his, his wife and his young kid. He's, uh -huh. he's white. They're all white. East side, west side. Oh, I had no idea. Ah, come on. Chula Vista is a huge place, bro. The no, second... I, I, haven't, I haven't been to his house or anything. Mm -hmm. like, he moved in the middle of the coronavirus, so I haven't seen him. Right now, the, the appeal is everybody's trying to move to the west side of Chula Vista, which is whatever, bro. The more the merrier, you know? It's like, we, we're very proud of what we've established over here. We have our nice little downtown area. A lot of small businesses are blossoming in the neighborhood. You know, breweries, restaurants, coffee shops, whatever. It's like, it's much bars. needed. Bars, bars, and more bars. It's a cool spot, man. I'm, I, I moved out here from uh, East Lake area. We had a house over there, but when we opened up the brewery, we had to sell things. That was one of the things I had to sell in order to kind of make things work over here. So I like the West Side. The West Side for me was like, bring my family here and make sure like we can be in the front yard and you know the neighbors, you know, you hear the neighbors talking shit to their fucking dogs, you know, tell them to shut up, whatever. I like it. It's, it's more like communal. Get down here, bro. Where do you live? Uh, I live... <sighs> I live in an area called Rolando, Rolando Village. Oh, it's by SDSU. We're right by SDSU, mm -hmm. corner of like college and university by the Taco Bell there. I'm not far from there. Um, it's okay. Like yeah. it's not, I know some of my neighbors, they're cool. My street is cool. I like my street. Cool. Um, my little neighborhood is okay. There's not much in the way of like bars, restaurants, cool scene. There's not a lot to walk to. Anything you walk to is usually a college bar, um, which is annoying. Uh, they opened up a brewery near me. I was very excited. Ooh, what brewery? Black Market. Good people. And oh yeah, you guys made the gray yeah. sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that made it. Beer Good was beer. wonderful. Good beer. Um, but they've essentially been shut down since March. They, they had a pizza 
uh, I motif within their business yeah. plan, right? Yeah, they're it's pizza and beer. So why are they not open? I don't know. They fucking have pizza. I had this conversation with uh, with our buddy Caesar, uh-huh. Caesar the beer guy, <laughs> Caesar the beer guy. Which he hates. <laughs> uh, back in September, something like that, when everyone was open back up and they still weren't open, um, or then they started doing this weird thing where they would open once a week for like three hours. And I was like, I don't understand. Like your pizza and beer, everyone right now. <laughs> your is, COVID fucking proof. Right, right. <laughs> and I don't think they closed their main Temecula location. They just closed this one. And I have to assume it had something to do with like the college campus not being open. And that was like a main part of their, I don't know. But I've been bummed because I they had a couple beers that I really, really liked. I liked their pizza. They were not far from me. Bro, they, got, they had the uh, number one rated hazy IPA as it relates to the GABF, the Great American Beer Festival. I was there. They won that shit. Which one? I don't remember the name, but it was a, a hazy double IPA. And I was like, damn, that's a prestigious category currently. Like every, yeah. There's like over 200 um, participants in that category alone. And for them to win that, that's, that's saying something. They had a... Um, they have a... a beer called Great White Buffalo, which mm-hmm. is like yep. a, a coffee lager or mm-hmm. something like that. It's it's really, really Tasty good. Tasty beer. It's exactly my style of beer. They also had like a Neapolitan milkshake IPA, which was great. I just, I'm, I'm hopeful that they make it through. I'd be surprised if they- I'm sure they'll be fine. There's a lot of people just taking, um, taking breaks right now. They also know? put like, I mean, all the equipment that they put in there. Dude, they put a pizza fucking- Oven. apparatus in that fucking spot. You can't just close down after that. They also, like, <laughs> they, they built a whole brewing apparatus, but it's really, really short, mm-hmm. so it's very custom looking. Like, I'd gamble that they spent, like, a million dollars moving in there. They're it's a crazy gonna, time for these businesses. Move out for... It's a crazy time for these fucking businesses, but I didn't bring you here to talk about pizza. I know. We were supposed to talk about beer, the Padres. Bro. How did you... What did we... How... What? I just preface you. I want, I want people to understand who John Gennaro is. That's the homie. He rides bikes with us. He's a beer connoisseur. Here... You're a cool dude, bro. I, I I enjoy listening to your podcast. I enjoy just even shooting the shit with you when, when we hang out on Sundays and ride bikes. But it's very apparent you have a PhD in Padres and Padres talk, period. And what I wanted to talk about is like, what the fuck has been going on with our boys lately? It seems like Preller, AJ Preller, and here's a warning, guys. It's about to get very Padre-centric. We're going to take you down to the rabbit hole of all things Padres with the Make the, make the Padres Great Again voice, John Gennaro. I love the Padres. This seems to be the season, the time of the year, when AJ Preller loses his shit, starts trading for everybody, starts signing players. Give me a quick update on what's been going on. All right. So the Padres were really good last year. Uh, Jake Cronenworth probably should have won Rookie of the Year. He didn't. Uh, should he have, though? Uh, maybe. He, uh, he sh- at least should have finished second, which I don't think he did. Um, Manny Machado... Or Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, probably should have won or came in second for the MVP race. Neither one did. Probably stole votes from each other. Um, they went to the playoffs. They won a series for the first time since... Ever. 98, <laughs> I yeah, think. Yeah, bro. <laughs> um, we beat the dreaded Cardinals after never, ever being able to beat them. Right. Get that, get that monkey off our back. Yeah, gone. Uh, and then they lost to the Dodgers. New most- monkey on our back. That's the new monkey on our back. They lost to the Dodgers, but they lost to the Dodgers for a very specific reason. They had no healthy, good starting pitchers with the possible exception of Zach Davies. Chris Paddock was so bad, you couldn't start him. I don't even know if they did. And then all the other games, they were just like bullpen day, followed by bullpen day, followed by bullpen day. And there was no rest really between the games. So they lost to the Dodgers. And after that, they uh, 
in re-gearing and retooling for the upcoming season, uh, decided to go for some pitching. Because even though they traded for Mike Clevenger, uh, he's not going to pitch this year. He's having... I'm gonna, and I'm going to pause you right there. Yeah. You want to start talk about Mike Clevenger? If the Padres had healthy pitchers in the playoffs, in the, in the Dodger series specifically, realistically, what was the outcome of that series? Honestly, unbiased. I know it's going to be fucking hard for you, but give it to me straight. Do we win that series? I mean, if, if Lamette and Clevenger are both healthy, 50-50 chance. Yeah? Yeah. We're that close. Well, we're that close and Lamette was that good. Like, Lamette was going to win every game he pitched in the playoffs, most likely. Um, Clevenger is that kind of pitcher, too. He wasn't necessarily pitching that way. But he rises to the occasion. He just, it, had he never gotten injured, he would have been at that point. He just needed to knock some rust off because he hadn't pitched in a while. Um, I think 50-50 chance they win that series. And so going into this year, it's Clevenger's out for the year. Lamette may or may not be out for the year. Why like, do you keep saying, why do people say that? What do we know? What don't we know? So Clevenger, they 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 both had pretty similar injuries. Uh, one in the elbow, one in the bicep. Yeah, Clevenger went for the the Tommy John, which I think will be his second. Number two. Which there's a lot of history that'll tell you that after two Tommy Johns, pitchers are just never really the same. Um, although there are occasional outliers to that. Never a starter, just relief pitchers are the ones that come back and actually flourish. For the most part, there's... Um, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the Japanese pitcher on the Yankees? Tanaka? Yeah, Tanaka's okay. had two maybe even three. Um, and so that's why they're like super duper, duper, duper careful with him. Um, there's maybe someone else who did it too, but uh, for the most part, yes. So it'll be his second Tommy John. And with Lamette, it was like, hey, he might need big surgery on this, but instead we're going to inject him with platelets, which will hopefully heal <laughs> up his bicep and blah, blah, blah. And the last report I saw was... He's throwing. He feels great. He's on schedule. He's on schedule, but, you know, feeling great after not pitching for a few months is different than feeling great after 10 consecutive starts. So uh, that's the negativity I was looking for. There's the pessimism. Well, so they're welcome back, John. I miss you. <laughs> Thanks. So they're sure that he'll be there at the start of spring training and he'll be throwing and he'll look good. What they're not sure of is if his arm, his bicep is going to hold up all year. Um, but the good news is, yeah, because of the uncertainty around their two best pitchers, what did the Padres do? They went and got two pitchers that might even be better than those two. Um, they got Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. Cy Young Award winner, 2018. Right. And all they really gave up for him, like it doesn't, I don't need to list all the stuff. But all they really gave up for him was Luis Patino. Yeah. Who That's was, it. Everyone uh, else is unproven, a prospect, or just has failed at the major league level. Patino is also like an unproven prospect, but he's, oh man, he's got it. I feel he, like he's going to be legit. Here's the thing. Patino's ceiling is probably pretty close to what Blake, Blake Snell currently is. is. Yes. And Blake Snell is signed for three more years at a very, very reasonable contract. And ultimately this is the kind of Padre uh, club that we, we've always wanted. We've wanted to trade prospects for proven players. That's true. The other thing that's true is um, there's a three year window right now for the Padres to win the World Series. Even if Patino turns into a great pitcher and hits that potential and he's amazing and he's a Cy Young winner, the chance of him doing that in the next three years is very small. 
it's more likely he would do that five years from now. So they're very, 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 they would trade every prospect they had to get that window. If they could guarantee yeah. that sometime in the next three years, they're going to win a world series. And let's be real. He traded Patino to the Rays. Once Patino develops and becomes a player that everyone thinks, we'll just, trade, just trade back we'll for, trade him. for him again. Yeah. Bro. You want some more prospects? <laughs> yeah, it's like, Patino, here you go. Let's we like flip what you wanted. We'll get him back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they got Blake Snell who, you know, Blake Snell is going to have some question marks around him. The, Rays, the Rays were very careful to never let him pitch to the lineup a third time because when he occasionally did it, he was terrible at it. Those numbers are ridiculous, bro. They're so bad. His ERA is like seven something when he pitches. Average is like 320 third time around. And when he did his like introductory press conference, he's like, I'm really looking forward to pitching to the lineup the third time. So we'll see. Maybe they can hammer that out of him. You know, saying stuff in a press conference doesn't make it true. Nope. Um, once they see that it's a problem, I'm... I almost said I trust Jace Tingler to take care of it. I don't know if I'm there with trusting Jace Tingler yet. He had a good first year. I was going to say, what did he do to prove you otherwise? He, he didn't. He just cool. hasn't proven yet. I don't think he was pushed either last year. Oh, he he was very much pushed. Where? By the uh, the thing where Tatis hit the grand slam and it was all this thing. And he like bailed. That was self-imposed he, though, bro. He bailed on Tatis and he made himself look bad and he was not popular in the locker room for a few minutes. Um, they won in spite of all that shit too. He, That's he, what's awesome. <laughs> he turned it around and he, he built a really good clubhouse and, and the guys really like him and, and he used players the right way. Is he the um, right uh, manager for the squad? I don't currently? know. I don't know because that was such an abnormal season. I, I'll know at the end of 162 games, but I don't even know if we're going to have 162 games after this. Rumor is spring training is starting on time. That's it. See, you told me the other day that spring training was going to start in like July. And I was like, what? And they I updated that, bro. They I said that everything's going to be according to schedule. I think you're reading a story from last year. No, dude, I'm reading this from the ML MLB.com. Like they, it just came out. They said, you know what? Barring major whatever catastrophe as it relates to COVID, which spring training is held in Arizona. Arizona just a couple of days ago was nominated and <laughs> elected the worst city as it relates to cases this year they're gonna they're gonna get Jesus Christ they're gonna bro. very very quietly Fuck. get the vaccine yeah very quietly they're not gonna say anything about it but they're just gonna be is like, that why they're so confident with we're gonna have a regular season we're gonna well so you see what's happening with the vaccine now right mm. is that they can't distribute it fast enough and so all of a sudden they have all these vaccines and they're like oh shit we have 5,000 vaccines. They're going to expire tomorrow. Got to use them. We got to use them. There was a story uh, I read this morning. There was a hospital that uh, their their refrigerator, their freezer, that they keep it all broke. <gasps> and they didn't have another one. They had 600 doses. And they literally texted every patient of the, the clinic or whatever and said, if you want a vaccine, come get it out first, come first serve. Like we're, we're dishing them out. We have to get rid of these in the next two hours because otherwise they warm up and they're of no use. They got rid of all 600 of them. It wasn't to medical workers or elder. It was just whoever responded. First come first serve. <laughs> Baseball will find a way. Oh, you're, you're going to throw out like 500. Oh, we'll take those. Yeah, yeah for we'll sure. Just... And then I was reading a similar article that said, you know what? It turns out we don't need the one vaccine if you split it in half. It's just as potent. So now it's like right. all of these things are slowly starting to come out. Now college basketball is playing again. They already said they're going to play all season and their tournament's going to be held in Indianapolis. All the squads tell are going to be saw, there. Tell me you saw the game where the players were wearing masks. I did, bro. That was weird. That's weird. So it's, it was very like Handmaid's Tale. Do you watch Handmaid's Tale? I haven't. I've never watched it. Is it any good? 
It's good, but it's also uh, Craig likes to call it horror porn. What? Because um, it's just like if you're really into like apocalyptic. Here's how bad things could actually get. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes it to the, like the nth extreme. Um, but yeah, it's just like I saw that and I was like, that's such an apocalyptic vision of people playing basketball while wearing masks. It's crazy because we'll watch. We know we've had a lot of time on our hands. I'm on vacation right now and I get to watch movies and shit and TV with the, the kids. And we'll watch a movie. We, I, don't, I don't remember what we were watching, but they were like, oh my God, they're not wearing masks, daddy. And I said, it's a movie, bro. I was like, one, it's a movie, and this movie is like really old. I don't remember yeah. what it was. It was like Happy Gilmore or something, which, side note, I'm fucking stoked that my kids love Billy Madison, you know? Yeah. And I say Billy Madison because every movie that Adam Sandler's in is Billy Madison. They're all Billy He's Madison. He's like, Dad, Billy Madison plays golf. Dad, Billy Madison's <laughs> singing at weddings. Dad, fucking Billy Madison. I was like, yeah, dude, Billy Madison. Billy no wonder Madison. he gets so much money per movie. It's so, just Billy Madison in so different they, movies. We've watched all these movies He's like now. Ernest. Remember it's, Ernest? I remember Ernest goes to camp. Go, he does all the things. <laughs> I tried watching one of those like a month ago. Oh, those, it doesn't, no, re it doesn't no, really hold up. No, those don't hold up. But Adam Sandler, they all hold up, bro. They all hold up. Yeah, I, I can see Billy Madison actually being one that doesn't, but Happy what? Gilmore absolutely does. Billy Madison is like the greatest movie ever fucking made. It's my top. It's in my top three. I know. I'm ridiculous. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, OG, the original. Uh, Billy Madison and Scarface. If you put those three in a blender, I will come out of the other side. Wait, what's the third one with Scarface? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like it. It's a good mix. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is, it, it, it is what it is. I like those. I love those movies. I can watch those movies fucking endlessly. Anyway. Blake Snell. <laughs> How exciting is it that we can come back to that and be like, oh, Blake Snell. Oh, you mean our Cy Young Award winner who's not going to be our ace? Right. Yes, that's the <laughs> best part of it. So they trade for Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young two years ago. Uh, I'm going to go with this one. Go ahead. Grab it. Pull it. <laughs> um, they trade for Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young two years ago and didn't really give up much of anything. I'd say that with respect to Luis Patino. And then, not Frankie Mejia. Uh, he had no spot on this. None. Team. Zero. Zero. And then they turn around and they sign uh, a second baseman out of Korea who people are projecting to be like an incredibly good. That's the sleeper move, bro. An incredibly good. I was reading Fangraphs does uh, this thing every year where they project how good a player is going to be. It's called Zips. Mm. And Tell us what it means. I don't even know what it means. What? But it's just a projection of like how good, valuable they think this player is going to be next year. And... They had Kim projected to be like one of the best second basemen in baseball. And they were like, look, this is not like we're looking at his stats in Korea and thinking he's going to be just as good. Like we've done this before. And every player that's coming out, come out of Korea, our system thinks is going to be like, okay, to yeah. average. To Garbage like, in most cases, bro. Yeah. They're like, our system thinks this guy's going to be amazing. 265, 22 home runs, 15 stolen bases. So they got him. He's going to be fun. He came in as, in his press conference, said the Padres are going to win the World Series, and that's why he signed with them, which is awesome. And he said he wants to be the rookie of the year, bro. He said he said the bro, Padres are going to win. Rad. He said the Padres are going to win the World Series this year. This He's is like, boss that's mode. why I signed with him. I want to be the rookie of the year, and we're going to win the World Series. We're the best team in baseball. It's a boss <gasps> move. Oh, my God. When is the last time somebody signed from another country with the fucking Padres for the main reason saying, this is the best team in baseball. I mean, never, never, not once. Ugh. Um, because the Padres haven't what been a the, time to be alive. The Padres haven't been the best team in baseball, maybe ever. In yeah, never, bro. In '98, no, they went up against they the, were they were stacked. They went against a Yankee team that won 120 games, and they were stacked. Yeah, and still, yeah, eh, they, it's just the Padres yeah. from now, you know now, Quiet Town, San Diego. The Dodgers are 
probably the best team in baseball, but the Padres at least have an argument right now. When we're done with all of the moves, going over them, we're going to address that. Okay. We're going to compare those assholes. So after they signed the second baseman of the future... What's his name? You don't even want to say his name. uh, His last name is Kim. I'm going to fuck up the pronunciation of the first one, so I don't want to go with it. Let's call him Kim. (laughs) H.S. Kim. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think it's Hyung Song Kim. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But I'm just going to call him Kim because I I know him, even if I got the names right, I know I'm probably butchering. How good is he? The second baseman that he's basically taking away from is top three rookie of the year candidate in the National League. And he basically just came in and dick, dick swung him and say, I'm the new second baseman here, bro. Yeah, which is amazing. Crazy. That's the situation we're in currently. Yeah. And and Cronenworth just ends up being an upgrade over, I guess, Greg Garcia. Yeah. In that Cronenworth. Think- he's a super utility guy now. Now he's our backup first baseman, backup second baseman, backup third baseman, backup third baseman, maybe even playing a little outfield. They're going to try that in spring training and see how it plays out. Um, so that's interesting. They also always have uh, Austin Nola. It's like he was a shortstop slash second baseman if they really need help All of the there. things. Um, so the depth has gotten crazy. But the most exciting move by a mile. Go ahead. My favorite move. They traded for you, Darvish. Oh, my God. And gave up nothing. They gave up nothing and got you, Darvish. Like, and the fucking Cubs doing some money. And the Cubs threw up some money, and they got uh, a backup catcher, like a Shit. solid His backup catcher. personal catcher, His bro. personal catcher. I mean, <laughs> That's I a dick swing move, too. <laughs> I don't know if I can properly describe you, Darvish, without sounding ridiculous. Mm. Like, he's 6'5", he's covered in muscles, uh, he speaks, like, seven languages He's fluently. beautiful. He's beautiful. He throws 10 to 15 different pitches. He, he fiddles with pitches in the middle of games because he's that good, and he's like, needs that to stay entertained. Um, last year, he he was legitimately the second best pitcher in baseball and I think finished second in Cy Young yeah. voting. Um, he's amazing. And literally, literally the only time in his career when he was not amazing was when he went to the Dodgers and he was tipping his pitches. And he acknowledged that he was tipping his pitches. He went back. He corrected that situation and only did in the second half of 2019 is dominate and all of 2020 dominate. Yeah. So he addressed the situation and he got better. He's he's a, an amazing pitcher. My wife uh, would want me to say here that he's also an amazing person. She's Is he? A, oh, she's Tell my, me a little bit about that. She's such a big fan of him from uh, when he was on the Rangers and she was a Rangers fan. Um, he adopts dogs regularly. Right, yeah. He's got like seven dogs. Yeah, he's a big advocate. That's right. Um, he's, he's actually, every time someone talks to him about it, he's a, he will say almost the exact same thing, which is... Um, I know I adopt a lot of dogs. It's because I have the means to take care of them. Please do not adopt dogs unless you have the means to take care Atta of them. Out of him. Um, he says all the time. Is He's, he married? Yes. You have kids? Mm, I think so. Damn, this guy's like, all right. Yeah. You Darvish Jersey it is. Yeah, he's uh, he's really funny on Twitter. Oh, yeah? You speak Japanese? Um, you can hit translate. But he also, <laughs> he'll, he'll tweet in English sometimes, too. Um, he's just a... He seems like a really... For a guy who was like the best player in Japan, mm-hmm. came over, was like a superstar for the Texas Rangers when they were going to the World Series like multiple years in a row, uh, and then went to the Dodgers and pitched in the playoffs, signed a huge deal with the Cubs. You would think he would be like big headed. He seems really normal. Um, so I like him. On a sidebar, we have three huge young international superstars on our squad, bro. We have Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah, who's loved all over the world now for his lovely locks, his bat flipping skills, whatever it is. Everybody loves him. My wife hates his hair. Really? 
the only thing she doesn't like about him, she's like, his hair looks like French fries because <laughs> he dyed it blonde. <laughs> He's awesome and everybody loves him. And everybody who doesn't love him, they really hate him because they secretly love him and want him on their squad. So this is going to sound dumb. You ready for a really, really dumb thing? I'm ready. I would never say this on Make the Padres Great Again. Um, I'm My favorite thing in all of baseball is not the San Diego Padres. It is the World Baseball Classic. Mm. I love the World Baseball Classic. And it's not because it's country going against country or any of that. Oh, that's some of it. It's pimping. It's the pimping. Bro. It is the the shouting, the screaming. The unadulterated. The, du- yeah. the dugouts and the audience, the, the crowds that are singing and dancing and playing instruments. It's like Mexican baseball, yeah. Dominican baseball, Cuban baseball. When the world gets back to normal, we got to go watch a Toros game down in Tijuana. Absolutely. Bro. I want to go to a Toros yeah, game. Because it's a party every game. Yeah, and that's that's what the World Baseball Classic is. It's pimping mixed with a party, and I love it. It's my favorite thing, and no one, no one has ever been better built for that scenario than him. Bro, we have an international superstar squad. Just imagine when he wins the World Baseball Classic as, as the starting shortstop mm. for the Dominican. It's going to be insane. Um, I it's going to be even more crazy, fun, and insane than when he eventually wins a World Series with the Padres. I think uh, I every time the World Baseball Classic comes around, I get in my head like Padre fans could do this. We could do this. The problem is the Padres don't encourage that shit. Why not? I don't know. Maybe old Padres didn't. No, but if you like, even if you try and go to a Padres game, you stand up, you start dancing, you start singing. Like you'll have some ninety-year-old dude come down wearing a Padres uh, windbreaker, and hey, you guys got to keep it down. Hey, there's people sitting behind you; they have to see the game. It's uh, like I, I really want the team to just like take a section. Be all right, uh, left field. Left field's gonna be you. Shut up! Like Mm. everyone's gonna stand and sing and dance. I don't want any complaints about all these guys in my. I will say this, This bro. I will say this. We've been season ticket holders for the last few, few seasons. Here it comes. And um, shit. Since two thousand and ten. And we were in the outfield and we used to get that talk a lot, you know, cause we, we would go and drink and hang out. We would go to a place called the field still open. Hopefully after everything's all settled down and we can go out and drink again, we would go to the field. We would have a Guinness, we would have a Jameson, and then we would reconstruct the Irish car bomb and drink it all. And by the time we get to the stadium, we're feeling good. We're warm. You know, we're saucy. I love the field fries oh, with bro, the curry. Everything is the curry there. on the back. On the, the meat side. pies, bro. Meat the pies, chef, the box cars. Everything is good there. I, that's why we love it. It's I, definitely I our spot. Field. It's our spot to go. We visit it every. We, my brother-in-law Sean and myself, we're the ones that have the season tickets. We go, and it's a tradition now. So we would go to the games, and we would already be feeling warm, a little buzzy, and yeah, we'd be partying and screaming in our section. We'd be ah, yeah, 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 and we would get the old guy in the straw hat with the fucking. Uh, Fryer shirt and the nice little zip up golf shirt, uh, windbreaker over it, letting us know, like, hey, keep it down. There's guys behind you and they can't see the game, blah, 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 whoop de woo. Fast forward now to like 2019, which was the last season we could attend games. They encourage that shit in our section, man. We're in a new section. We're no longer, we were used to be in, in the uh, right field pole with the little, the the porch, you know? Oh, I love those. Yeah, seats. we were there front row in the porch. Seats. We gave it up because it was like, <sighs> You didn't really get to enjoy the game. You enjoyed the atmosphere. And I, I'm too a, far away from the game. I'm a weenie. I love yeah. the game. I'm teaching my kids how to keep score of the game, how to like, you know, track everything they're doing. Keeping score la. from the outfield is a bitch. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it was not fun. And when I, when we had kids in 2015, when, yeah. So no 20 shit. I don't even know. When we had kids, <laughs> my, my oldest dude is eight. So whenever we, he was born 2012. Yeah. We'll call it 2012. We just, I decided to one, 
move over to a new area. So now we're behind first base. We're in a cool little section, you know, you're right on top of the game, on top of the field. You get to see everything, but it's party and it's a foul ball area, you know, it's just, you have to be involved in the game. So we keep scoring, we're partying, we're screaming, we're drinking, we're, our hands are up. Everybody's participating, Gennaro. Oh, Everyone, shit. I've not once been told in this section, hey guys, you need to sit down, the people behind you. Because one, they're Padre fans behind us now. It's not yeah. fucking Dodger fans behind us. It's not Giant fans behind yeah. us. It's not Cub fans in front of us. It's not anything. It's Padre fans. Yeah. So I think the that, the, 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 the fiber of our squad and, and the atmosphere and the fandom is changing, bro. Because here's the thing. I, I, as you know, I'm a big basketball fan. And who's your squad? Again, it's, this is kind of like the Chargers thing. You ready? Go ahead. I grew up a fan of the New Jersey Nets because mm. I lived in New Jersey. And because Jay-Z. Jay-Z was not there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I moved to San Diego and my dad's like... Hey, it's going to be hard to watch Nets games. They're on the East Coast. We'd have to buy this package, blah, blah, blah. But let's watch the Clippers. They're kind of, <laughs> and the Nets were always like the laughing stock of the league, but so were the Clippers. Enter the Clippers. <laughs> and my dad's like, oh, we can be Clippers fans. It's just like being Nets fans. And like he had convinced me when we moved, he's like, let's be Charger fans. Let's be Padre fans. I'm like, cool. And he's like, let's be Clippers fans too. So I tried being a Clippers fan for a while. I hated it. Didn't take. Uh, even when they got like Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, I was just like, I, I hate this team. Like I tried for a few years and I was just like, it wasn't like the way that I, I'm negative about the Padres, but I love them. I just hated them. So uh, I gave up on them and I was like, I was like, maybe I can be a Nets fan. And like, right when I was like, maybe I could be a Nets fan. That's like, we're moving to Brooklyn. And I'm like, I've never even been to Brooklyn. I can't do that. So uh, Brooklyn is just North Park, but on the East Coast. <laughs> it's actually very true. Uh, bigger. Um, when I started dating my wife, she was uh, living in Dallas and covering the Dallas Mavericks. And so I covering. Got, so she's a journalist in the sports. Yeah, it was like hers, her, it was her side hustle. The same way I was doing the side hustle covering the Chargers for Bolts in the Blue or doing side hustle doing Make the Padres Great Again. She was doing a side hustle covering the Dallas Mavericks. A very sports themed family, bro. Look at right. you. That's rad. She admitted to me at some point that she like got into covering the Mavericks to try and impress me, but then after a while it didn't matter. Um <laughs> she just fell in love with it and she, she would go to every game. She was in the press box, all this stuff. So I started caring about the Mavericks cause she cared about the Mavericks. And then they had like Dirk and I'm like, Oh, this team's fun. And, uh, I was like, okay, fine. Like, I don't really have a team cause the Nets moved on me and the Clippers never really took, I could be a Mavericks fan. So I'm a Mavericks fan. So yeah, I, I stole her football team. I'm now a Cowboys fan. I stole her basketball Jesus team. I'm now a Mavericks. Christ. I know. I Bro, know. let me give you the trifecta of loser dumb. All right. You just make the whipping sound. We can move <sighs> on. I've been a Charger fan, I've been a Padre fan, and I've been a Clipper fan. All three of those teams combined have won zero, zilch, nada, bro. We've won shit. I've never rooted. Well, you've, man, you. I've never rooted for a team that's won anything. The closest I came was 98, my first year rooting for the Padres when they went to the World Series and won the NL. That's it. I've never won anything as with my team. Manchester United feels awesome, okay? It's amazing. It's great, but it's not home, you know? I've been to a Manchester United match. I've been to Old Trafford. I've sat in Sir Alex Ferguson's uh, section. We've done the whole thing, you know? We've done the march down the, the passageway from, from their cricket stadium leading up to Old Trafford. It felt amazing. It felt awesome. Beat Liverpool 3-1 to one that match. But it does... I would trade a Padre World Series appearance all over again for like 
10 fucking United Championships. See, bro. and that's, that's kind of why I'm not a Charger fan anymore. It just doesn't feel like home anymore. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Chargers left. It was, it, it, and it sounds so cliche, but it was, it was a, a, an old girlfriend, you know, broke up and I'm scorned and I'm no longer. And now I've gone to the point where I'm jaded. I mean, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I don't have any, any feelings towards them. I almost want to root for them this year. Why? Dude, their quarterback is a shit. Their quarterback's awesome. Um, their defense is awesome and their jerseys are beautiful. Yeah. They play in a legit stadium. And like, look, if I'm going to be an NFL fan, like I'd like to be an NFL fan of a team that I could go see. Like, I can't really go see the Cowboys. Like I got to get on a plane. It's all, and, and then like, I got to fly into Dallas and then drive to Fort Worth. If I rooted for the Chargers, I could just get in a car, drive up there, see him, get my car, drive back down. Same with the Rams, I guess. Rams uniforms are beautiful. Chargers uniforms are beautiful. But Clippers just, jerseys are beautiful, bro. The nah. old school baby blue ones they have with the red and the white yeah, outline. Those are nice. I was a fan since Elton Brand. I've oh, been I, was, a, yeah. I was a fan in the Elton Brand years. I've been a fan since they were shit, bro. Oh, like they were nothing. Yeah, they've Clippers? always they've always been my team. And everybody always shits on me. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, CP3, that's your team now. I was like, bro, I've been a fan for a long time. Like, out. This is a good team, but I don't think they'll win shit. And they didn't. Yeah. Maybe now. No, I I I, I rooted for the Clippers from the Michael Olawa Candy years mm-hmm. uh, all the way through, you know, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. And then I ended up working at the radio station in LA that was like the Clippers the flagship. flagship. No. Nice. So like we'd go to practices and we talked to players and coaches all the time. I got to learn like who was nice on the team and who was dicks on the team. Who's the dick on the team? At the time? Yeah. Blake Griffin. What kind of dick was he? He got better, but he was just such a, he was just looking for a reason to be grumpy about everything. Okay. Right? Like we'd be like, Hey, come over here. We want to do an interview with you. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And we'd like come over and we'd like put the headphones on and we'd be like, all right, just give us like one second to like connect to the studio. And he'll be like, Oh Jesus, come on. You didn't say, you know what? I'm fucking. And he would just like take the headphones off and walk away. Like he was always grumpy about something. Damn. I was told that that kind of went away after I left the station. Maybe he just didn't like Maybe you. it was just me. <laughs> no, but like around the time I left, he went from like him and DeAndre Jordan were living together in a house. They were single, all this stuff. And then like I left and like, I think he got married. He maybe had a, had a kid. Like he settled down. So I got, I got like young Blake Griffin who was a huge dick. Um, and the nicest guy on the team by far was Ekpe Udo, uh, who I think is on the Utah Jazz. Yeah, now. he's on the Jazz now. And literally the nicest guy I've ever met in my life, uh, including you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, you're behind him. Oh, awesome. and like you, even you might be number two, but he's, he's definitely number one. Anyway. Um, big did, asshole in baseball, bro. Give me, give me your biggest asshole in baseball. I kind of know. Cause we talked about this, uh, last week, but I don't even remember. Yeah, I'll fucking tell you if you don't remember. Who did I say? It rhymes with Matt Latos. Well, yes, obviously. I mean, he's the biggest asshole that's like ever been on the Padres. Maybe. <sighs> Did you ever deal with them, like, interview, like, anything like that? No, because I didn't get into San Diego sports media until after he was gone. Um, In 2010, uh, I had moved back to San Diego. I was living in Philly for a while. I moved back to San Diego, and uh, I was on Twitter, and because the Padres were on a road trip, and I was home, and I was alone, and uh, Matt's wife no girlfriend at the time Dallas um, was like someone that all Padre fans followed. Cause she would like live tweet games and all this stuff. And she tweeted out this thing about, Hey, like Padres on the road. I don't feel like watching the game at home. I want to go to a bar who wants to go to a bar and have a drink and watch the game. And I was like me, I'm not doing anything. 
So we went to a bar and we watched the game and we drank and we were instantly best friends. And we pretty much have been ever since. Uh, you and the wife. Yeah. And still, yeah, I literally talked to her last night for like two hours. And, um, when the Padres were in town or during the off season or whatever, like I'd go over to their house and I'd hang out and it would just be like, I'd be hanging out with Dallas and Matt would be there. So like we had friendliness between him and I, but he was always a dick. Like I was never friends with him. He was just the guy that my best friend was. He seemed like a douchebag and that's just I'm watching him on TV. He very much was. <laughs> uh, as far as like dealing with players, um, once I got to like 1090 and like worked in San Diego media, the only one I remember being like a dick and it was kind of for the same reason where he was just like always kind of looking for a reason to be grumpy was Kemp. Okay. Um, ah, just a, he's a big timer, bro. He's yeah, a big timer. I feel yeah. like yeah. He, just, he, he thought he was a big deal and everyone was like, dude, this is How's Will Myers. Will uh, is really fun to talk to. Yeah. He yeah, seems but, very down to earth kind of guy. Will is, uh, Will is always, he always wants to go golfing and drink a couple beers on the golf course. I don't golf, but, um, I, he was always like, just wanted to sit around and shoot the shit and hang out, play video games. Like he's just a guy who wants to hang out with other guys and, and be cool. So I always liked Will as a person. Um, that's not necessarily the best mentality for like a, a ball player, professional athlete, professional athlete. Mm -hmm. Like usually those guys are like locked in all they want to do is like, yeah, yeah. They just want to, they want to play their game. They want to be the best at their whatever. And Will's just like, dude, I just want to chill and hang out. But no, he was nice to me. Who was the most intense Padre you dealt with? Well, so I was at 1090 from 2015 to 2018. That was like my only real experience in like Padres media. Uh huh. Oh, most intense guy. Like, I want to win at all costs, I'm which was a shitty time to be a Padre and want to win at all costs. Yeah. I mean, those, those, those were horrible fucking teams. Those were really, well, the 2015 was the one that had hope and then it went away. Um, trying to think like the Upton brothers were both cool. There had to have been someone. I feel like there was like a catcher who was, Hedges was always nice. Derek Norris. Norris was a dick. Was yes. A dick? Yeah. Yes. Norris is the one who was like hyper competitive and kind of a dick to people. Yeah. Norris is a good one. And he, which is good because in his personal life, he ended up being like an actual dick, just like Blake right? does. Yeah. Fuck. I heard what, what happened to that dude? That dude got pretty much blackballed from the league. Norris? Domestic violence? Yeah. He was beating up his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Bro. Or fiance or something. And she, she went public with it on Instagram and no good. one wanted him on the team anymore. So brings us back to the Padres' current day. You Darvish. <laughs> you Darvish. Nice the, guy. The antithesis of all things that we just went over. Definitely not Derek Norris. <laughs> um, Where are we as a squad now? I mean, if they're not the most talented team in baseball, they're the second most talented team. So in Zips just came out with the, uh, you know, the, the war, the, to the, and the actually rather the total projected uh, wins, ninety six to ninety eight, bro. Right, and which is the same. Yikes! They had they had the Padres and the Dodgers mm -hmm. projected for the same the record. exact same record, same record, and Dodgers like edged them out a little bit, and I think it's just mostly because like the Dodgers have been there before. Percentage points to win the division, percentage points to win the World Series. To win yeah. the World Series, I think it was fifteen percent for the Dodgers, fourteen point eight for the Padres. Right, bro. and you can like you can dig into the numbers and see like there's certain things about Zips that just will have you scratching your head a little bit. Like they love Chris Paddock. They think Chris Paddock's going to be amazing this year. But why? I I don't know. I mean, I, there's there's some evidence that he should be. Um, I mean, they tweaked Lamette's fastball, and then all of a sudden he came back and he was a stud. So last so year- they tweaked Paddock's fastball. Last year, Paddock's, like, his K rate was good. 
His control was good. His problem was that his fastball straightened out, and so he was giving up more home runs. And I'm assuming they think if he figures that out, the rest of it looks really good. But, yeah, I mean, it's really cool to not just be saying, like, I think they're the most talented or second most talented team in baseball. To to actually look at someone like Fangraphs who has to put the weight of their reputation behind it and have them say this they're either as talented as the Dodgers on paper on paper (laughs) or they're a half step behind, but it's not like one of those things where like we got a bunch of rookies and it's like, Oh, I really hope they pan out. Like these are all like proven players. Yeah. I mean, Tatis and Machado were legit MVP candidates last year. Like Hosmer was great when he was healthy. Um, Kim's a little bit of a question mark. Nola's a little bit of a question mark, but like, you know what you're getting in Grisham. You probably know what you're getting in Myers. Um, Fam's another wild card. We, he was Fam, hurt all last season. Fam should be good again because he's not hurt. And this is where Craig would say not getting stabbed, hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's break it down, bro. Toe to toe. Dodgers, Padres. Position by position. Starting rotation. Unbiased. I'm throwing it the Padres way. I couldn't even tell you who's in the Dodgers starting rotation. Could Goslin, uh, really Walk- good. yeah, Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and it looks like Udias is getting the bump to be a full time starter guy, and uh, Dustin May. I just gave you all five, bro. You did. That's impressive. I can't think because I really have to take a piss. Doesn't um, matter. There's no peen in the treehouse. I know. I'm looking around <laughs> for a bathroom in the treehouse. There is none. Um, that's a really impressive starting rotation. So the Padres would be Darvish, yeah. Snell, Lamette, Lamette, if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Paddock. Paddock. Enter Gore, enter Morejon, enter Weathers. I mean, it'll it'll be... There's too many question marks there on the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Well, question marks could be good. Question marks also indicate that there's no solidified five starter. It was Zach Davies, but hey, I'll get rid of Zach Davies 25 fucking times out of 25 if it's yeah. going to give me you Darvish. True. Um. Serious question. Go ahead. Can we pause and I can take a pass? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Back from the piss. How do you? And I took a picture of you pissing. We're not allowing people in our house. Not necessarily. I didn't want to go in Because your you're white. I was, I mean, I was appreciative that you allowed me to, to piss in your front yard. And I took a picture. I'll post it up of you pissing in the corner. Um, and then right now we started chatting about, you know, exercising and whatnot. How, how awesome we are bike riding and now jogging and running. What are your new resolutions, man? I've been asking everybody. Do you believe in resolutions? Is that something you participate in? Did you make any for this year? So generally, I don't make them. Generally, I don't believe in them. What better year than now that actually to fucking have a resolution, though? Yeah, (laughs) and like my wife, my wife does uh, this thing. She started last year where she does like, she did 12 resolutions. But like, they're all realistic, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to lose like a thousand pounds. It's like, like one of her resolutions last year was like, she wanted to have all of her Christmas shopping done by Thanksgiving. Like, cause she just wants to be done early. So like really easy to kind of easy to obtain, attain one. And, and like she, if she, I think she got like eight or nine of them. She felt good about herself. Nice. Like, um, so she did her ones for this year. And then she was like, don't you want to make, I'm like, nah, I don't really. I want to cycle more. Did you, you've turned into such a cycle douchebag. I know. Carry on. My, my, it's my, my birthday's coming up. My mom sent me a birthday present in the mail that I got yesterday. That's like a bike. What's your shirt. birthday? 18th. Oh, nice. My mom sent me a shirt that says psychologist. <laughs> and she was like, oh, so perfect for you. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm at the point where all the gifts for me are just going to be like bike related because I'm a bike douchebag uh, or bike guy, as my wife calls me. Cycle um, douche. Cycle douche is better than bike <laughs> guy. Uh, so I, I, I did end up making resolutions. 
I don't know. They're, they're not, I don't like resolutions. They're goals. Cool. I have goals nice. for this year. And like, who knows what's going to happen to my year, especially because I'm unemployed. Like, it's uh, eventually I'm going to get a job and that's going to yeah, throw I mean, shit. That, that, the guy like crazy. you, bro, that's crazy. Yeah, you'll, you'll, <sighs> I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't be because yeah, you're, you're in your field. You'll land standing up. Plus, well, and especially like now that it's the new year. And like everyone's getting back to work. Like I'm starting to get all these emails from people. Oh, like come in for an interview. Let's talk to you. So I'm like, I'm not worried about it. But I have three goals that hopefully I can hit even when I figure out what my employment status is going to be or who I'm going to be working for uh, is a hundred bike rides, a hundred runs. Okay. So that's like basically two hundred podcasts, two a week for each. I don't not make a podcast goals. And Same. Uh, I want to, cause I keep starting and quitting, but you'll like this. I keep starting and quitting. I want to actually start and keep to my Duolingo. I want to learn Spanish. Take it easy, Craig Elson. No, and so, <laughs> so there's there's two main reasons I want to do this. Number one, Craig has convinced me that this shit is easy, um, which should be somewhat insulting. Um, but if Craig can do it, why can't I? Damn, what a hater on Craig. No. And the other part of it is uh, the rise on Sunday. There's a bit of Spanish being thrown around. I'd like to... It feels very Trump-like to be like, oh, these guys are speaking Spanish, but who cares? Like, I don't need to know about it. But I'm like, no, like, you guys are speaking Spanish. I assure you, the more you ride with us and hang out with us, you'll pick up I know, the I know. relevant Spanish. Right, but like, I also want to... So, Vic, do you ever talk about Vic on the podcast? Is he ever on the podcast? <laughs> Vic... I keep Vic in the dark about shit he does and what he's about. <laughs> I want to I talk about Vic for just a second, right? So so Vic has worked on my bike a couple times because he's the bike whisperer. He's a killer. And Vic comes and checks on me every Sunday, make sure I'm good, make sure my bike's good. He takes care of us, bro. He does. He, he, does. he definitely takes care of he's, he's, all things bike related. He makes sure he's got a couple of bike of mine right now. And he just always like checks in. Hey, champ, how you doing? Como estas, champ? And I'm like, yeah, good. It's good. And this is what I've realized about Vic is that when I talk to Vic and when you talk to Vic in Spanish, it's two different people because he's very confident when he's speaking Spanish. But when he's speaking English, he's not nearly as confident because it's obviously his second language. And so I'm like, I shouldn't make him come to me. I should come to him. We'll meet in the middle, right? Like if he's a little bit uncomfortable speaking English to me, maybe I'll be a little bit uncomfortable speaking Spanish to him sometimes. Like this, ha these friendships are two way streets, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and he's been so nice and so good to me that like, uh, and, and everyone in the crew has been. And so I'm like, why don't I come to them a little bit? Just a couple steps. Like I'm not going to be fluent by the end of the year, but if I do my Duolingo every day, the intent it, is worth his weight in gold, my friend. Right. So just you just you actually like taking initiative to be like, you know what? I'm going to learn some fucking Spanish to talk to these beaners. We, just, we're very appreciative of it. it Thank just, you. It, it, it felt very arrogant to be like, oh, I don't need to know that part of the conversation because it's not English. Like, no, nah, fuck that. Like, maybe there's something in there that I could add to in some way, shape or form. And it's true because, I mean, I don't ever talk to Vic in English, you know? I never... My dad just got here, you know? My dad's retired. He mows his lawn. He mows our lawn. He mows my sister and my brother-in-law's lawn. Like that's his like, these are unspoken rules, unspoken rules that he's taking over. He's always hardcore Mexican guy. I never speak to him in English. He speaks English, you know, right. but I never speak to him in English. There's certain people that I just know. Fuck, why am I tagging this guy in English? This is like, uh, not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. Hey. Uh, Caesar, Caesar mm -hmm. the beer guy. Uh, did you ever meet his his dad? I haven't, no. Uh, well, not his daddy, because his, his daddy dad. went for cigarettes his, his, many years ago. His stepdad, <laughs> his real dad. His, his stepdad has earned the title because he was a good dude. Uh, I met him once and he was like the nicest guy and he's got like a landscaping thing and he came by and he did some landscaping for me. And 
he kind of acted like he didn't speak Spanish or didn't speak English. And so like Caesar translated a little bit and then Caesar's like, he totally speaks English. He's, he's just, with you. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, he's just really uncomfortable speaking yeah. English. And so I'm like, fuck man, I live, Mexico's right there. What am I doing? Dude. I don't want to be Sarah Palin, but you can see Mexico from the treehouse, bro. Like you can look over and it's like, oh, oh yeah, shit, it's there. Right. So why am I not at least coming a little bit this way? Like, fuck, I went to France and I learned like conversational French. So oh, we oui? Vous parlez français? A little mm-hmm. bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was years ago. That's mm-hmm. impressive that you just went into that. Ça va? Ça va bien? Ça va mal? Comme ci, comme ça? Come on. J'ai besoin de It's been like seven or <laughs> years. I, I like, I know what you're saying, but I don't know how to reply. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, I should just start on the Duolingo. I got nothing else going on right now. And like get my Spanish up a little bit. It's a resume builder, bro. I can't believe you speak French. Oui, je parle français un peu. Oh, shit. Damn, bro. For what? Did you learn it in school? Because you already knew Spanish? Because I'm ignorant, bro. I, sometimes I do stuff. Why am I learning to play the accordion? Just because I'm fucking, I'm dumb. I just want to, sometimes I just want to pick up things and, you, and figure it out. But you're like, you're, um, you're a nerd in like the best I'm sense. a nerd nerd. Yeah. And that's like, what people don't, I'm a fucking nerd. Like nerd, nerd culture, which used to be like frowned upon mm. and now everyone loves it is basically like you find something that interests you and you become obsessed with it. And yeah, like, it's a, it's, it's a disease. And you're like, <laughs> I, I want to be like the best of that. I want to mm. know everything about that. I want to, I want to dive into that and have it engulf my whole body. I outed myself yesterday. I was talking to Chicle. Dude, so I was telling you right now when you were pissing. Chicle and I, we did a podcast yesterday and I brought a fresh fucking bottle of Chivas, some fucking blended scotch, uh, Manchester United limited edition one. And we put <laughs> lame, right? Nerd shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my partner at the Elwood, uh, he said, hey man, one of the fucking uh, distributors brought this by. I knew you would be all about it. So I got it for you. Um, top of the table. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but yes. So I figured, you know what? No better time than now to fucking pop this thing. Chica and I finished, we waxed that whole bottle, bro. And in the midst of being a little inebriated, I outed myself. I started a book club. <laughs> I started a book club with the weenies at a UPS. What the fuck? Yeah, audio book club. Because who really has time to sit down and read a book and thumb through it? I love audiobooks. So we did an audiobook, and I and I told Chicla, I was like, you know what? Monday through Wednesday, we 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 listen to the audiobook. Most of these books range from eighteen hours in in total, like to finish it off. So. We, we decided, right, Monday through Wednesday, we, we read the book, same book, everybody. And then Thursday and Friday, you know, we dissect it, we get into it. And it's the same group. I have four dudes in our group and, and we work with each other day in and day out. And we're with each other like eight to 10 hours a day. And I said, bro, we don't have to fucking always listen to music or dumb shit and just shoot this shit about nonsense. Why not just kind of like read books and kind of, you know, like learn about shit. So these guys all bought in and I was like, yeah, they were on board. So we started a, a little lame ass book club and... Monday through Wednesday we listen to it, and Thursday through Friday we dissect them. So, what books have you done? We've done a few books. I've uh, I'm a big. Let me bring out my shit because I don't want to misspeak on anything. I'm a big um, mafia, CIA, fucking World War Two buff. Like that's the okay. kind of shit that I love. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know where it came about, but that's what I love. Last book we read was about meditation. So the last book we've been reading is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Okay. And we we got into it and. It came at a perfect time because right now, bro, shit is just out of hand. Shit is wacky. And it's right, right, like right. you learn just how to like meditate and how to um, take time out out of your day. Just close your eyes and, and center yourself. And I was telling Chica's like, wifey doesn't even know that I started a book club. Wifey doesn't know that I listened to this shit because it doesn't really involve her. It's all at work, you know, right. and, and, and it's cool. I've done. Um, I'm a big fan of Annie Jacobson. 
Annie Jacobson's written a bunch of books that I like. She's written uh, the, the most recent one that I read was Operation Paperclip, how the U.S. fleeced uh, Germany for uh, and, and Russia for all of their top scientists and. That was the start of the start Manhattan of NASA, project. yeah, and Manhattan NASA project. and everything, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we we fleeced them for all their all of their pretty intelligence. That and brought was them like over. post World War Two, first World stole, War Two, stole them all, yeah, yeah. The new Jim Crow, um, chaos at the devil's table, uh, narconomics, unfuck yourself, El Narco, Kitchen Confidential, shit like that. Surprise, va- kill, vanish. These are the books that we've been reading. It's Empire Kitchen of Confidential, the Sun- Bourdain, yeah, Bourdain. Yeah, okay. Uh, Empire of the Summer Moon, good book. So these are all killer books, and we all can. Just... I, can I give you a, a suggestion? Always. Um, what if? Go ahead. Have you ever the book? It's called What If. What if? Yeah, never had. No, it's good, and it's uh, it's narrated by Will Wheaton. See. I don't know if you know. Will yeah, Wheaton Will Wheaton. Um, it's another nerd. So it's written by this guy who uh, is really smart. He's like a, a let's just call him a scientist because I don't want to butcher his title. And people send him questions basically any question what if this happened what would happen okay and so like which one is it oh the top one the top one Randall Monroe Randall all right included it's included in my fucking so like so like an example is someone sends him a question like what would happen if everyone on the planet earth all jumped at the exact same time and he knock will, us off our orbit. We're gonna die. And he will scientifically dig into that shit and start telling you about and almost all of them result in hilarious catastrophe, um, which is why Will Wheaton's good because he's funny, like but really dry funny. So he reads it. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Will Wheaton's the narrator. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's it's hilariously funny, but also you learn a lot of shit. But everything is just like every question that gets sent to this guy, this guy is just like, oh man, it's going to be a hilarious catastrophe. Hold on. On it. So that'll be their next book. And here's the thing, bro. I enjoy being a nerd. I have kids now. I want my kids to ask me outlandish questions and be like, hey, I know that answer. Or just drop knowledge and be like, hey, did you know? And they love it. They appreciate it. They're going to be little weenies like me, you know? Uh, How old's your youngest? My youngest is three and he's probably the smartest of all of them. So my daughter is turning three in two months and uh, she just, just started with, but why? Everything is a why, bro. Everything. And it's like, I'll say something, but why? And I explain it, but why? Mm-hmm. And I explain it, mm-hmm. but why? Oh, yeah. and, I explain it. and I have so much more patience than my wife. Like my wife just gets to a point where she's like, talk to your dad. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like, I'm just going to keep going. Cause I'm like, she's just soaking up every bit of knowledge I'm giving her. I know she is. It's awesome, but at once upon a time, these kids were all the but why stage, but now it's a song to them, bro. Why? 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 And I'm like, oh, that's you guys are you? fucking annoying. Yeah, but I love them. Which brings us back to the Padres versus Dodgers to wrap this motherfucker up. What did we do? We did starting oh, rotation. We did start a rotation. I think the Dodgers is better. Oh, fuck. All right. But no, only no, no. because... Pa- Who's better than you, Darvidge, on the fucking Dodgers? Kershaw was last year. Okay. Who's better than Danielson Lament on the Dodgers? I don't know if Lament is healthy. Give me, uh, we're not playing with fucking what ifs. All right. This is Will Wheaton is not reading this fucking book right now. I would rather. Who would you rather have than Danielson Lament from the Dodgers? Danielson. Dustin May. You would. I think so. Okay. He's right. scary good. Who on the Padres would you rather have than Dustin May? Well, Darvish. Okay. Who on the Dodgers would you rather have than Darvish? Again, 
If it was like four years ago, Kershaw. Okay, but it's not. Now, probably nobody. Okay. So I think I think Darvish. So Darvish is, is a class of the teams. Let's let's put it this way: if they met in a playoff series, where you typically have like three starting pitchers, right? And the Padres are throwing a healthy Darvish, Snell, Lamet, and untouchables. The Dodgers are throwing Goslin, Bueller, and Kershaw. You can replace Goslin probably with Urias or Dustin May. Probably May before Urias because Urias. But can May go seven innings strong of dominant? It's hard. Doesn't, for it doesn't really matter in the playoffs. Like in the playoffs, five? yeah, five is what you're aiming for in the playoffs. You get anything more than that, it's a spectacular start. Um. Yeah, I mean, Darvish, Snell, Lament, if they're all healthy in the playoffs, is almost untouchable. Fuck, Morty Houghton can give you five true, crazy innings. You know, if if Paddock gets out of the first two, he'll give you five legit innings. Look, Paddock's issue last year was his arm angle just changed a little bit, and it straightened out his fastball. If he can figure that out, he will. They have four guys who are all like number two starters or better. Mm-hmm. And that's not even counting Morejon, who's amazing. Yeah. Gore, who's amazing. Ooh. And Weathers, who gave us one inning in the fucking postseason. I seriously doubt Weathers is on the Padres this year. I know, but I mean, um, it, it, it's, he's there. Also, my he's guy, there. I think he's still on the Padres. And I have like an irrational love for is Michelle Baez. Oh, he's Hitler. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't know why. I always Because he's him. tall, he's lanky, and he throws. He's got stuff. He'll probably end up being a really good reliever. He was a starter for a while, but he'll probably end up being a really good reliever. First base. You can't so, even name the first baseman for the Dodgers. And don't say Muncie because he's been everywhere else. Is it not Muncie? It could be Muncie. It could be that other guy, the fucking Dominican dude. I forget his name. Let's say it's Muncie. Okay, let's say it's Muncie. Now, Muncie or Hosmer. Now you're going to test my uh, my Dodgers knowledge because mm-hmm. I don't even know like who's their third baseman. Um, Justin Turner. No, he's gone. He's a free agent. Doesn't mean he's gone. Uh, that's true. Uh, I thought maybe he signed somewhere, but I guess no one has really. Mm, no one um, shit. I would rather have Muncie or Hosmer. Uh, Hosmer, mostly because he's lefty, but um, that's dicey. You can call it a draw. Tie. Draw. Right, cool. Second base. Cronenworth, Kim. We can put both of those guys together. Or Gavin Lux. So many question marks. All right. Um, fuck it. Padres. Cool. Corey Seager. FTJ. Fernando uh, Tatis Juniors. Beeble. Machados. Justin Turner. Machado. Easily. Will Smith. Austin Nola. Will Smith. Will Myers. Are we counting? Cody Bellinger. No, Will Myers, Mookie Betts. <sighs> Mookie Betts. Cody Bellinger, Trent Grisham. Mm. Cody Bellinger. Fam, an array of different players. Right, question marks. Uh, fam. Okay. It's pretty even. It's pretty even. It's gotten even. The, it's, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's, <gasps> it's pretty even. Role players. But this uh, is... Who's our role players? Who, they're role players, rather. They have... Well, they have... Um, uh, Kiki Hernandez is a free agent. And then they have the other guy... Uh, and Justin Profar is a free agent. They have the other guy uh, who plays... Um, damn it. He plays like everything for them. Short, left, second. Uh, I'm not remembering his name. Fucking... 
I want to say Seager, but I know it's not. No, Seager. it's not Seager. Um, their other outfielder is Pollock. Uh, Andy, Andy, Andy oh, oh, Pollock. A- AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock. Actually, is probably better. He's than a Sam. smash. He's, He's a smasher. Yeah. Um, their outfield goes to the pod. The the Dodgers. The infield goes to the Padres. But it's 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 pitching very, is up in the air. And this is what I'm saying. It's very even. You give the Padres three years. You say for three years we're gonna have Machado, we're gonna have Tatis, mm-hmm. we're gonna have Kim, Kim we're, we're gonna have Hosmer, Hosmer, we're gonna have fucking Austin Nola. Uh, I think Nola's signed for like maybe two. Well, no, actually, no, he came up late, so we still have Nola. I think in three years. Yeah, we still have Darvish. We still have fucking Blake Snell. We still have Grisham. Mm-hmm. We still have Myers, Fam, whatever. Um, there's C.J. Abrams is on the way. You have Clevenger for one more year after this year. After this he year, doesn't yeah. pitch. Uh, Gore's on the way. Morejon's on the way. The I think Pomerantz might be signed for three years. Pomerantz, yeah. He just got that contract. You have a three-year window. If they are as good as the Dodgers for the next three years, there's a good chance that at least one of those three years, they can beat them in the playoffs and go to the World Series. Now, if for the next three years, they get booted out of the playoffs by the Dodgers, like... Machado dips? No, no. Machado's signed for... Eight more years. He's got that five year out though. He's not gonna go anywhere. Okay. As, uh, that contract is honestly, that contract is bad. <sighs> like it doesn't look bad now. Six years from now, we're gonna be like Albert Albert Pujols bad. No, but <laughs> that motherfucker was here's the thing useless for a minute. The Myers used to be like the worst contract on the mm-hmm. roster, um, but it was close. It's with palatable H- now. Yeah, it, and it was close with Hosmer. When you take a step back and you look at everything, the Hosmer contract is the worst. Projected as a 1.4 war this season. <sighs> Nasty. Um, and first baseman are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Uh, it's the running back thing in football all over again. Uh, and the Machado one might actually be worse than Myers at this point. Just because you, it's... DH, so, bro. DH is coming. So much money for... DH is coming. He's... Look, I love Machado. I do. I love the arrogance. I love the fielding. The bat. What arrogance? Okay. Take a step back. Go ahead. Just rewind. Cut that out. I like the confidence. Go ahead. I like the fielding. Mm-hmm. The bat is very streaky. I don't like streaky bats. I would much prefer consistent bats, but you can't always get what you want. Will Myers is a streakiest motherfucker on the squad. Right. Oh. There's there's lots of lots of streakiness in baseball in general. That's not his fault. But yes, the Padres are as good and potentially as deep as the Dodgers. Um, if Lamette turns into a big injury, that changes the math a little. A little. But not a lot. Not a lot, dude. Um, and I have really, really high hopes for both Gore and Morejon, like now. I'm happy they didn't trade Morejon, bro. I'm happy oh, I would have. I would have been more upset if they traded him than if they traded Gore. I think because Those... Morejon's got he's had his cup of tea in the league, bro. He's been to the show. He's he's Both been shitty. Guys. He's Both been guys shitty really in the show. Morejon, when he came up, he was bad, and slowly he's turned into what I hope Gore can turn into as well. Young, left, strong, durable. I <sighs> believe I have this right. Morejon is actually younger than Gore. Ooh, we'll have to double check that shit. No, I believe that's both, right. Well, I know Morejon is 22. I think Gore is as well. Okay. Dude, yeah, we're fucking if, stacked. If he's, if he's older than Gore, it's like a couple of months. They're essentially the same age. And Morejon last year proved to me that he's got the stuff. More, yeah. 
Weathers proved to me in that one inning against the Dodgers, bro. I'd say, hey, he showed that up. one inning. He, he proved showed, to me he's ready. He showed balls, yeah, against Cody Bellinger, bro. But here's the thing: he showed you that he could be a great relief pitcher. Yep, yep. You pitched to three guys. Mm-hmm. You throw two pitches. Mm-hmm. They're two great pitches, but he, but you ask him to be a starter, which is what they want from him. It's going to take a little bit more time. He needs probably four pitches. This has always been Paddock's problem. Like we talked about fastball Dar- changeup, fastball changeup, fastball changeup. Darvish has 10 plus pitches, mm-hmm. right? And most, what does he name his pitch? The Supreme or what Supreme, was it? He's got a Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is his version of it. There's a pitch that is really only thrown in Japanese baseball called a shuto. Do it again. Shuto. Look at you, bro. You don't speak French for shit, but you speak Japanese. I, I knew what you were saying to me in French. I just didn't remember how to reply. Um, I knew that's Arb. See? I remember tree. Oh, uh, and, and Barb. I <laughs> so from my beard. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, Darvish. Darvish has like 10 pitches. Lamette's got like five pitches. Uh, all starting pitchers generally have four. Four? Yeah. You can maybe... Fastball, get... two-seamer, change-up, slider. Yeah. Like replace curve with a two-seamer. Or the slider. You know? You can maybe get by with three. It's hard. I think Snell might have three. <sighs> I'll have to revert it's to like MLB the show. I think it's like... <laughs> yeah, I think it's like fastball, change-up, slider. Um, Paddock has two and a half. And that's been part of his problem. And part of his problem is that his fastball is flattened out. Flat. So Ryan Weathers, I have high hopes for. Let me tell you somebody else who came in the playoffs and only pitched one inning. Okay. 2012, young left-hander, Tampa Bay Rays, David Price. Came in, debuted, did his thing, mowed people down, went on to become a frontline starter. He did. Paid a lot of money. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Gore Weathers follow that pattern. I hope you're right. What do you think? Let's put a ribbon on this turd. What are the Padres doing? Wow, I thought I was doing well. Excellent. What are the Padres doing? This year. Where do we end? Where do we land? What are we looking at? What is the ceiling? I think the Padres finish in first place in the division. Oh, fuck. I think they face the Dodgers in the playoffs. I don't know when, but in the playoffs. I don't know. Like... I would have to see the season to have any sort of guess of what's going to happen in a playoff season or playoff series. But I think they will outpace the Dodgers during the season. Cause I think the Dodgers, now that they've won that title finally, and that monkeys off their back, we get to use it again. Lax. Uh, I just think it's going to be like the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we're not playing for this season. We're playing for the postseason. So as long as we make it in the postseason, and this is the thing uh, Elston was talking about. Like now that there's more teams get into the playoffs, because I think it's going to be like a on board or against it. It just it makes the regular season not really that valuable. Um, but the Padres are going to be like, oh, we we can win the NL West, right? That's really meaningful to us. Like that will be a big deal to us to raise a banner. We won the NL West. That could be dangerous. Dodgers not going to give a shit about winning the NL West. We they, show up for postseason. They only care about winning the World Series. So they're going to do, do be a little bit on cruise control, and the Padres are going to be all out we're here we're good respect us at the end of the year they're going to be celebrating so hard that they're above the dodgers and the, the standings they're going to be like, we're better than you look at this shit look what the standings say and the dodgers are going to be like all that matters is who's holding the trophy in november whenever the world series ends up being 
So I think they finished first in the NL West. That's, that's as far as I'm willing to go for predictions. And I think they face the Dodgers in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Those things will happen. Then we go on to play the Yankees and we beat the Yankees in the World Series. Boom. That'd be nice, man. That would be like uh, really putting to bed some of those demons from the yeah, NBA. Bro. Fuck. Mark Langston. That was a strike against Tino Martinez. It was just, yes. That hurts. Still to this day, that hurts, three. bro. Strike three. Gennaro, another epic performance by you dropping some Padres knowledge and unnecessary basketball knowledge. Nobody fucking listens to basketball, watches basketball anymore, Basketball's bro. Basketball's the best, man. In the playoffs, like maybe the last five minutes, you know? <laughs> Thanks for coming through, bro. I appreciate you and I will see you soon. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at EmoBrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. Follow the pelo. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. See you.